Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Let's get it started in here. And the bass keeps running, running, and running. Five seconds left in the game. You believe in Context, there's no disrespect, so when I bust my rhyme, you break your necks. We got five minutes for us to disconnect. All of it is on the field. We're going to get the mission. We're Let's get it started. Let's get it started. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the opening line. We are your hosts, Wits and Roz. No guests today. Uh, it is just your yours truly. Wits, how you doing? You're coming hot off a of mock draft where Yahoo finally put the kibosh on your running back drafting skills. Dude, Yahoo, I was trying to draft my six running back, and they said, you're over the max roster size. I said, that's bullshit. I want to take well, as many running as I can. Honestly, the way I look at it is you're just you're showing out for another – honestly, Scott, for another potential 2-11 season. Um, it's just the way you draft your, your two mock drafts so far – have been backup, backup, backup. You you dream about the backups. You're you're coasting off potential injuries. And which I just got to tell you, like you got to chill, man. Draft your team. Draft the guys that are going to be on the field, that are going to get the reps and get the snaps. I think it's ridiculous, honestly. I think these people would be appalled to take our suggestions based on the way you've been mock drafting. But that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, it is a conversation. But you know, Roz, they talk about the great. Wayne Gretzky and what made him so great is the good players they go to where the puck is the great players they're going to where the puck is gonna be and I am one of those great players so these mock drafts just refining my skills a little bit more while you hoodlums take kickers and this in this you know the ninth and tenth round it's gonna be a big year for team wits no more two and elevens might have to reclaim the trophy a little little sandwich of championships 2021, 2019, feeling real good. I don't know if I could be stopped this year. I don't know. I'm seeing a lot of losses in the in the loss column for wits. Um, it's been tough, you know. The Olympics are back, so I've never gambled on the Olympics. I don't think you have either. There's baseball to gamble on, but fantasy football is kind of our next juice on what we're going to be able to bet on, throw our money into. But soon enough, there will be NCAA football and the NFL, which we will be driving – all of our picks through this channel. We have pretty successful numbers. I just want to put it out there. But July is underway, and we can't forget that. And it's a great month for sports. If you're into sports betting, BetOnline is where you should go to win money today. With the NBA Finals over, MLB heading into the second half of their season, plenty of betting action to get involved in. If you're a football better, there's a ton of future and props you can wager on as well. Aaron Rodgers to win MVP. Packers to win the Super Bowl are my two favorite right now. BetOnline has the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, 
head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sports book expert. One of the best reads I've ever had, Wits. I think uh, the odds on that were were low, but if you bet, if you bet big, you, you did it right. Um, which we got one more category to go. We've got the tight ends, which is few and far between. You don't need a lot of them on your roster. Some may argue you only draft one. Um, tough spot, though. Pretty tough spot. You got a guy who's an absolute game changer. When you go up against him in fantasy, you need to have so much more firepower at the other positions to stave this guy off than anything. Like, Travis Kelsey works as almost another running back or receiver. The guy's constantly putting up 20 fantasy points a game. Um, it, it's nerve-wracking. Again, similar to the way people treat people like Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson when he was touted as, like, the number one pick. I worry that these guys go too early and it become first-round options. I think Travis Kelsey is going to be a first-round pick in our league this year, and I'm not – there's no way in hell I'm the guy who does it. Yeah, well, Roz, I can't – honestly, I can't fault anybody for taking Travis Kelsey as early as I've seen him go. And this kind of plays off of our previous conversations. You know, fantasy, what we're really trying to look for is value, right? And just thinking about the concept that Patrick Mahomes might end up with the most fantasy points at the end of the year, but does that mean he should be the number one overall pick? Like, no, it doesn't, because position-wise, he's not way more valuable than the last quarterback in the league compared to, like you said, a Travis Kelsey and the 10th-ranked tight end, which on my sheet is Tyler Higby, like the difference between a Kelsey and a Higby compared to a Mahomes and let's say like a Tom Brady, the gap is way bigger, right, on a points-per-game basis. So, you know, looking at trying to find value, I mean, running backs, that's always the secret sauce, right, because you never know you know, who's going to go down, who's going to get all the carries. And that's why you see a lot of running backs go near the starter drafts. So Travis Kelsey, I would say, is in a tier on his own tight end wise. I don't know if you agree with me or not, but, you know, looking at the difference between Travis Kelsey and the rest of the tight ends out there, he could finish the year as, as a top five, like receiver overall. Which he, which he has. And I think you're right. I think Travis Kelsey is on a tier by himself. This website I'm looking at puts him in the likes of George Kittle and Darren Waller. But I look at that and I don't agree. And like, no matter the amount of weapons they put on that Kansas City team, Travis Kelsey is getting seven catches a game. I mean, it's absolutely absurd. Now, the yards and touchdowns may vary, but I mean, the targets are always there. And I get worried about Kittle not so much about like the injury a little bit. I mean, he has some injury concerns. He missed a lot of time last season, if not almost the entire season. But then also what's going on with quarterback there? I mean, Garoppolo was serviceable and seemed to work for Kittle's stat line. And who knows about Trey Lance, right? We just don't know. So there's some question marks under center. And you may be like, what does that matter? George Kittle's still a top tight end. I really think they're a product of the quarterback. And I think the same goes for wide receivers. I mean, that's the difference between Devontae Adams being the number one receiver now because Aaron Rodgers is back versus potentially a number 10, if not lower, because he's got a guy at Jordan Love throwing the ball. So it's a product of who's throwing you the ball. And you know what? I I could be wrong on this one, Wits, and you, you can tell me I'm wrong, but – I get worried about Darren Waller as well because I just the Raiders are just not a very good team. Um, Derek Carr is is an average quarterback, if that. You know, if that. I don't even know if that's the case. 
Um, they do get him the ball a lot. He sees a lot of targets. There's just something about Kittle and Waller that I can I can live not drafting them. It's the I just when could I pull the trigger on Travis Kelsey? He really is worth whatever you're you're putting on him. I just don't have the balls to take him in the first round. Yeah, and I'm gonna have to say I do disagree with you. I, I think you're completely wrong on Waller. And the reason I say that really has nothing to do with the quarterback. I mean, say what you want about Derek Carr, but that offense, I would say, really runs through Darren Waller. I mean, you look at the receiving options there. You've got Henry Ruggs, who I'd say was a little underwhelming year one, but you look for that year two leap. And I'm trying to think, I can't even think of like the second, third, and fourth receivers on that team because Darren Waller really was the do-it-all option there I mean he had 146 targets last year and this offense really runs through Waller he's their best option so you know in terms of a Waller versus a Kittle I do see what you're saying about Kittle I think you know that was had to be kind of a tough year injury wise last year for everybody who took him because you know he's going in the what was it like maybe second through fourth round depending on your draft but Darren Waller to me from an opportunity standpoint I would put him right behind Kelsey. I mean, Kelsey's still in his own tier, but Darren Waller, when you're, you're looking at opportunities and a guy who can find the end zone, and he scored nine touchdowns last year, Darren Waller's another guy who could end up in the top 10 of all receivers in the league, which he was pretty close last year. Um, so I, I have to disagree with you on the Waller point there. Yeah, you know what, maybe. Um, and we'll see. Again, I think I'm okay sleeping on Waller and Kittle it's it's just like if Travis is there for me in the second round do I like consider it's just crazy how much better he is than the rest of the field and then tier two is pretty wide right so tier two we've got Mark Andrews who I think is is very good but like most tight ends over the course of a fantasy season will go through like tight ends will go through weeks where they can hit you 28 points right he scores three touchdowns in one game we've seen it but then he goes to one catch for five yards same was for TJ Hawkinson. Um, Dallas Goddard looks like he's going to be the man there, Wits. It doesn't – who knows? Zach Ertz might never take another snap again in Philadelphia. Noah Fant was a guy coming on a little bit. Again, quarterback situation makes me nervous. Kyle Pitts ranked really high up there for Atlanta. Um, we saw the great success Tony Gonzalez had with Matt Ryan. Is Matt Ryan past the point where he's going to be effective enough to get Kyle Pitts the ball? And then Robert Tunyon wrap, wraps it up. and. For somebody who's a big, big Packer fan like myself, it's like, why aren't you all over Robert Tunney? He's kind of like the second coming of George Kittle. Big trade. Regardless of how you want to look at it, call it wash, call it whatever it is, Packers adding Randall Cobb is going to take away from a lot of players. If you're an MVS or Alan Lazard guy, you, you might as well not. Uh, Devontae Adams will always get his looks, but Randall Cobb is one of Aaron Rodgers' favorite targets um, through and through. He's the slot guy that Rodgers feels most comfortable checking down to. So I think that's going to hinder Robert Tanyan a little bit. But curious your thought on these tier two guys, because past this, there's really no love. Yeah, and Roz, this is kind of where we get into that, that point with, I think you get there with quarterbacks, you know, like the five through 15. I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody can confidently say like, this guy is going to be that much better than the next guy. When I look at tight ends, I kind of feel the same way. I mean, you've got Kelsey, you've got Kittle and Waller, and I'll, 
I'll put Mark Andrews, I think, is probably my fourth tight end, just because so much of that offense runs through him. But as you look at Robert Tunyon, he had a great year last year. He scored 150 fantasy points in a half PPR league. Travis Kelsey scored 260. Darren Waller scored 225. So the drop-off between two and three was like 35%, right, which is crazy. So if you're not going to get one of the top two or three guys, then I, I would say it's, it's really more of a crapshoot after that. And I wouldn't try to reach to fill out your roster and take a tight end early just because you feel like you need to. Because like you said, Roz, you know, you've got Hawkinson, Goddard, Fant, Tunyon. Um, I throw Higby in there. It's like, I don't know if I would really love any one of those guys over another one just because I don't know what the output's going to look like. Like you said with Tunyon, he had a great year, but Randall Cobb, is Robert Tunyon going to catch 11 touchdowns again? I would say probably not. Um, but at the same time, you know, looking at guys like Noah Fant, is, is he going to show up more than half the games? Because that's what you get with the tight ends. Like you mentioned, is a lot of dud weeks. And the more that we can get rid of those, you know, the better off you're going to be down the road. But there's just such a big separation from the top to the middle tier here. If I don't get one of those top guys, I don't want to feel the need to reach to grab fifth or sixth ranked tight end when there's probably a lot better options out there instead of trying to fill out my starting lineup. Right. No, I feel that. Um, yeah, I think, I think tier two really does extend the draft. I don't think these guys go necessarily super early. I think tight ends after you pass. Maybe Mark Andrews, I'll give him the four spot. Once you're past him, I think people are hesitant to, like, jump on there. And it's only when people crack a little bit about, like, filling out their starting lineup, we start seeing tight ends fly off the board, but never really in succession. Um, I mean, I look down this list. I can't have any less faith in Tyler Higby than I do. Maybe a little bit different with Matt Stafford there now. Um, Stafford – was a good was a good piece for TJ Hawkinson, who now is reverse side gets Jared Goff, who was all over the place when he threw the ball. Mike Jacecki, there's just way too much going on in Miami for a quarterback. I don't even have faith in um, Gronkowski. Finished strong in the postseason. Maybe it's not as important to him to play well in the regular season, but he's always a wild card because I feel with Brady, it's a it's a connection always always there. And uh, I know Mike Evans and. Godwin and Antonio Brown take up a lot, a lot of attention, but Gronk could be a good option down the line. A guy I like, Logan Thomas, just got extended. Um, maybe one of the best fantasy football waiver wire pickups if you needed a tight end. I mean, had 110 targets last season. It's, it's a lot, and that's what, you, that's what you ask for out of a tight end if you're not getting the top tier guy. He had six touchdowns, 72 receptions for 670 yards. Um, PPR leagues, if you're doing full point PPR, he finished 10th in points at the position. I know that doesn't sound great, but this guy came on late in the season. Now he's going to have a full season. He's an extended contract. It's a guy I look at as my sleeper since we usually do sleepers. I think Logan Thomas being the 12th option here could be a sleeper. And uh, in a 10-team league, if, you, if he gets down far enough, I wouldn't mind snagging him between 9 and 11 in terms of rounds. So, that's uh, that's my take there, and you got a that's a lot of just name names in tier four and three going down. I mean, you talk about Logan Thomas, Roz. One thing that I do like about this year is not only did he come on strong late, but 
I think he's got a better option throwing the ball this year. I mean, say what you want about Ryan Fitzpatrick, but he's not afraid to throw the ball, and you're not getting penalized for quarterback interception points when you take a tight end on a team. So I do like the opportunities there. The one thing I would say that worries me about a guy like Logan Thomas, and not really him in particular, but Washington having a very good defense, um, I just I wonder about the game scripts there because I think that that's another important thing to you know to materialize as you look at players right think about the types of games that they're going to be playing in I mean one of the things that makes Dak Prescott such a good fantasy quarterback is that the Cowboys defense is so bad like you know that he's going to be throwing the ball so regardless of whether you know he throws for three picks if he throws for 400 yards a game like that that's really all you want so you want to take guys who are going to be in the types of opportunities that are going to lend you know, more targets, more receptions for them. So Logan Thomas, um, I think, is, is a great call for a sleeper because he's not being taken very highly. And, like, I couldn't say that Logan Thomas is that much worse than, like, a TJ Hawkinson this year because I don't even know if TJ Hawkinson will finish inside the top 10. So, you know, looking at more of those mid-tiers, um, I'm a little bit on the other side with Tyler Higby this year. You know, one, they've got Matt Stafford there throwing the ball not a huge fan but I think he is a better passer than Jared Goff and with Gerald Everett leaving to Seattle I think that opens up some more opportunities for a guy like Tyler Higby who could really be the third receiving option there I mean behind Cooper Cup and Robert Woods I mean Matt Stafford's a guy who's probably going to throw for at least 4,000 yards you figure Higby's going to get a lot of opportunities 100% agree with you on Mike Kosicki I mean they have Will Fuller um Who's the receiver they just drafted in the first? Jalen yeah. Waddle. Jalen Waddle and Devontae Parker. So already that's making me think, uh, do I really want a piece of this offense with Tua throwing the ball? Not really. So Gusecki, I think, is a bit overrated. A couple other guys that I think are also a little bit overrated, Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. I've got them back-to-back in my rankings right now, but I, I see them getting what I feel is like overdrafted in a lot of a lot of different mock drafts um you know first of all you take those two guys separately yeah they're both very good and they can be efficient but putting them on the field together especially with a guy like cam newton it seems like throwing them the ball at the start of the season i don't see a lot of upside there you know when you're basically eating into the other half's target share so you know i'd much rather take a guy like an evan ingram who, you know, is very injury prone in his own right, but it seems like he's going to have more opportunities in New York as compared to guys like Smith and Henry who are really going to cannibalize each other's fantasy output this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I look down, I'm just trying, you know, always trying to find a sleeper. How about a a UD flyer, one of the boys, one of the guys from Roz's alma mater, Adam Troutman, the number one tight end in New Orleans. Again, I think very dependent on if Jameis Winston's going to be the starter there. Um, I think with the way Winston just chucks the ball, I think Troutman really gets in the mix. With no Mike Thomas there as well for the first half of the season, could be an interesting pick. He's all the way down at 22. Um, I really have high hopes for the guy. And then you just see he's also just surrounded by names that break breaks the hearts a little bit. I mean, Eric Ebron, who came on hot but really closed out. You got Evan Ingram, who just never panned out. Um, it's uh, it's pretty crazy, some of the names down here, but if you want another deep sleeper, I think Adam Troutman's kind of the guy. 
Yeah, Troutman could be very interesting because um, you look at a guy like Jameis Winston, if he does happen to win the starting job, Mike Thomas injured. There's not, there's not a lot of receiving depth in New Orleans, so he could be very interesting. Uh, another guy that I'm looking at, Roz, who I brought up before, is Gerald Everett in Seattle this year. Um, he separates from Los Angeles Rams. And he does come over with the coordinator from the Rams. I, I forgot his name, but Gerald Everett had a few games last year where it looked like he was really electric part of the offense. And in Seattle, I know you've got Lockett, you've got DK Metcalf, but after that, I mean, you've got Will Disley as the other tight end in Seattle, who I know got off to a hot start last year, but I think Gerald Everett is a talent, you know, deep down in, you know, that 20 to 25 ranking that could put up a solid season. So he's a guy that I'm looking at if I don't happen to get one of the top tight ends. I'd be looking at a guy like Gerald Everett. And also, um, I'm looking at a guy like Blake Jarwin. I know there's a lot of, a lot of receiving depth there in Dallas. I mean, they might have the deepest receiving core in the league, but you're telling me that Dak Prescott's going to perform like he did last year when he was on the field. I mean, there, there's got to be some opportunities there. So a guy like Blake Jarwin, I'd much rather take over a guy like John Smith and Hunter Henry and Mike Kosicki, even though they're ranked ahead of him right now. No, absolutely. Um, anything else tight end wise, like any bust you got going or, I mean, all of them are potentially big busts. That's one of the worst positions in fantasy football, but any busts you see? Yeah, well, I would say one guy that I'm not as high on as everybody else um, is Kyle Pitts this year. And nothing to do with the player. I think he's probably the best tight end prospect that we've seen in a very long time. But you look at year one tight ends in the league, Roz, and the output really isn't as good as you would think, even for you know a perennial superstar like Kyle Pitts. I mean, running backs come into the league, I think a lot more ready to play. But when you're looking at positions like wide receiver tight end it takes most guys a year or two to really get their feet wet and you know get into the groove of the NFL um, so Kyle Pitts being drafted as I've seen as high as the tight end four right now I think he's being a little bit overdrafted um, by folks out there and I could be could be wrong he could catch a thousand yards this year but I just I don't see as big of an output as I think you know people are thinking for him so I, I would say that's one of my I don't want to say bust, but a guy who's being drafted um, above his position right now. I feel you. Um, I don't have a whole lot left on the tight end front. I told you I like Troutman, Logan Thomas, and I'll just be in a mind bender until I figure out what goes on with Travis Kelsey. The best thing for me is just for him to be taken so early that there was nothing I could do about it. Um, Wits, we did it, you know. That was four weeks of fantasy football talk. That'll get you all the way to training camp. We're at training camp now. All 32 teams have reported. It's just a matter of time. August hits this weekend. You know what that means. We're going to start getting hard knocks back. We're going to get all the training camp news. Unfortunately, we're going to see some of the injuries that occur during training camp, which will alter fantasy football lineups. Um, but we're almost there, folks. We're so, so close. Um, at this point, what's going on is you've probably got the NBA draft, which for us is not one you bet on. You'll hear from us next year's NFL draft where myself, Ruben Witts, will probably lose a stupid amount of money on a stupid night of sports. But uh, the NBA draft is actually just about to begin. Cade Cunningham is believed to go first to the Detroit Pistons. 
We'll see if that holds up. Um, we'll see if any big trades are made. No one knows. Um, no one knows if Damian Lillard's going to stay put. It, usually draft night's not the night we see these big guys move. Um, but we'll see. You know, we'll have to wait and see. Olympics, Wits. Let's talk a little bit about it. Not, we don't have to go that in depth about it. But, I mean, you've been watching. Biggest complaint I think we share together, too many commercials. Yeah, way too many commercials, and I would love just like a Red Zone Olympics channel. Um, we waited so long for it, and it's like seems a gold like medal I, channel. How about it's easy. gold medal? The gold channel. Exactly, but it's like I watch one swimming race, I get a commercial. I watch one event in gymnastics, I get a commercial, and it's uh, it's it's annoying. So that's that's my biggest beef. I love watching it, but I wish there were not so many commercials. How about this? This was pretty wild. I read this the other day. Katie Ledecky lost the 200 meter freestyle. Didn't even medal. She placed fifth. Worse than her first time she hasn't medaled in her Olympic career. By the way, she's still younger than me and you. Then she goes on to win the gold in the 1500 meter race. How insane is that? That race is so freaking long. I can tell you that no lifeguard would be able to save me if that was forced upon me. I'd have drowned. 200, if not four, like if I could make it to 400, that would have been quite the day, but I would have drowned for sure. But she's a gold medalist in the 1500. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I think swimming, swimming down and back is me. So watching those, watching those, um, watching the swimmers go all out for like eight minutes is it's crazy. Um, I can't even say I know what it feels like because I swam competitively about 14 years ago. But yeah, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. That's a, a great feat. We didn't win in skateboarding. We're going to get to the track and field stuff, which I still feel a little bit robbed because one of our best female runners is out due to smoking weed, which to me is mind-boggling. That's still an issue in, in the world, like uh, especially with all the other things going on, especially since I think alcohol is more harmful to, uh, to a person. There's no – and not to mention weed definitely doesn't enhance your ability, so it's not like a steroid. So I have no idea what's going on there. Current medal count, if you wanted to know, total medals, United States at 31, China at 27, and the, the Russian Olympic Committee at 23. In terms of gold medals, Japan has the most gold medals at 13, China at 12, USA at 11, so on and so forth, the way down. Russian Olympic Committee has 350 athletes competing in this Olympics. Now, somebody tell me where the Russian ban has come into place. Just because the flag isn't showing, they still have Russia in the title of their committee. Where's the ban? You that afraid of Putin? You, you that afraid of Putin? Yeah, man. I don't. I didn't really follow that story at all, and I don't. I don't really get it. I mean, everybody knows that they're Russian athletes, so I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's my thought on it. Everybody knows, um, but hey, what are you going to do? It is a what are you going to do? Just, I guess you take steroids, you can still compete in the Olympics, you just can't have your flag behind you. I don't even know, fuck it. I don't even want my flag behind me right now. Um, let's, uh, I'm just trying to look at big storylines right now. Um, 12 COVID positive tests, tests for the Nats, so their game 
Um, you screwed. Big 12 alleges ESPN trying to destabilize the league. So now we got the Big 12 going after ESPN. I'm all for, by the way, this Oklahoma-Texas move over to the SEC. I don't think you were as like, excited as I was about it. But I was pretty fucking hyped. I'm going to be real with you. I'm all in. I've been about this way forever. Make super conferences. If you're not going to give the teams that Wits wants to have a chance, like the Cincinnati's, the USC, UCF's, a chance in the playoffs, give it. Just give us super conferences. And if they are allowed in, compete well enough, like a relegation and a system in soccer, maybe you let them in. Maybe Cincinnati gets a peak at the ACC, you know, and they get their asses handed them like they deserve. So I'm all in. I love Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC. I know you think they're going to get their asses stomped on. I think it helps their recruiting. I think it, you'll see them take out teams you're a little surprised they take out. I don't think it's as – I don't think it's – I don't think they're as far down the totem pole as you think they are. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have to see. Um, Texas hasn't been relevant in uh, about a decade and a half, so they got a lot of work to do. Dude, I've never seen somebody so hot and cold on teams. Now I'm going to put this clip up next year when we're rooting for Texas, rooting for their quarterback to win the Heisman, rooting for them in games we bet them in. Which you, you're a fake Texas fan a little bit. I, you know, I think that you hide it from the people here on the opening line, but – I know there's a little hook'em horn in you. Oh, there's going to be a lot of hook'em horn if my guy wins the starting job. But until then, um, yeah, I got a lot of work to do. But, yeah, we'll see. I'm all for them moving conferences. I really don't care. Just want to watch the games on Saturday. So, um, yeah, as we get closer to the NFL, college football is coming ever so close as well. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun month getting ready for it. And then when it finally gets here, it'll be gone in the blink of an eye. So let's uh, – enjoy it while it lasts um yeah and uh you know what's great is we've had a great time on this show from april until now you know just a lot of a lot of fun at somebody's expense and uh i think it's time to address those issues you know a little therapy session which how how are we feeling knowing that it was premature on your end and Rube's end and Thomas's end and everybody from Chicago's end, this Aaron Rodgers saga. He's back in camp on day one, throwing passes, gets his favorite wide receiver traded back to the team. Tell me how you feel. I, I feel fine about it. Um, I'm a little bit surprised he came back to Green Bay and still have not taken a regular season snap yet. But, you know, it seems like Aaron Rodgers is going to be with the Packers for at least one more year, and, you know, I'm a little bit surprised, but I'm not I'm not falling out of my chair. You know, this definitely makes them the favorite in the division again, and we'll see what happens. I mean, guys only won one Super Bowl. It was over a decade ago. Doesn't really win in the NFC Championship game, so. Hasn't been a, hasn't been a decade yet. It's a, it'll be a decade this season. Decade this season, so we'll honor it. We'll honor it, you know. Just we'll win it again once a decade, more so than the Bears, who are once a century at this point. Um, you know what? It's not a matter of him not winning NFC Championship games. He's played some of the best NFC Championship games of his life, stat-wise, performance-wise. His defense has let him down time and time again. He's also been to more NFC Championship games than anybody else alive on this planet. Um, you know, all good things come to those who wait. We've waited nine years. So I don't even want to. I don't want to give Wits the satisfaction of a decade talk that's just some nonsense he needs to take it easy over there take it easy wits um this is the best thing in the world right i mean 
everybody out there, regardless if you're a Packer fan or not, you get to experience the greatest thing of all time, right? You only get to live this moment once. And being alive at the same time as Aaron Rodgers, being a, the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers is a, a true blessing for you guys. If you want to believe in any religion, it should be in Aaron Rodgers' ology um, because he's going to go out there this year, win MVP for the second straight year in a row, win the Super Bowl, and he's going to take down Patrick Mahomes in the process. I guess we'll have to see what happens. We'll have to get past Tom Brady first. Uh, Tom Brady who? Um, He's spending most of his time. Brady time. has as many NFC championship wins as Aaron Rodgers. Um, I mean, Tom Brady, for all I know, is just hanging out making TikTok videos with his kids. Uh, doesn't look like he's having that productive in an offseason. If you ask me how worried I am about him, I'm not, you know. Um, he's old. Mike Evans is old. That team is old. Antonio Brown is one case away from being kicked out of the league again. So, I'm all good. You know, I'm not, I, I can't even sweat the little stuff with, so I just have to be happy with what I've got and that that's the best team in the NFL. Yep. Absolutely. my man. All right. Last thoughts from you. We'll let them go. I did my little rant. I'm excited by it. I'm thrilled, ecstatic. What do you got? What do you got for the people? I know me and you are going to be on a call here in a short second again. Uh, Olympic golf teeing off at, six o'clock central time Wednesday night here so tune in a little overnight special and yeah no no all. Bryson DeChambeau no Bryson DeChambeau no John Rahm either we can all be excited about the DeChambeau miss because we are just way over him at this point um but yeah that has been this week's episode of the opening line we will be back with what is usually our lull time the last three weeks before Football picks back up again. We'll try to think of something fun to get to you guys. Maybe we can put some bets on Wits and I. I mean, there's not many things Wits can beat me in, so we'll have to we'll have to see moving forward. But this has been the opening line with your hosts Wits and Raz. Hope everyone has a fantastic weekend. Drink a little tequila for me, boys. Peace.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.